1: Welcome to The Awakened Soul. I am CEO Hayes. This show is going to be a little bit different to anyone who already listens to podcasts. It's going to be a little bit of everything here, but it's all going to be part of a greater good. The point of this podcast is serve a purpose is to cause thinking, generate thought, provoke thought in conversation. This podcast isn't about me. It's about the listeners. It's about each and every one of you who interact with this podcast. And before we start the first episode, I wanted to just welcome each and every one of you for taking the trip with me through this journey and just to get you ready for what you're going to hear on this podcast. This podcast is a labor of love. It's something that I'm starting and I'm doing because I love, I, I love this type of thing. I love to, to to think I love to have conversations that, like I said at the beginning, that ultimately provoke thought ones that when you walk away from it, hopefully at least that's the goal of this is to have everyone who listens to this either learning something or walking away from this just thinking deeper on something that they might not have not have necessarily thought about before. I have other podcasts that i that I do and those are also labor of love, but this one is, is just a little bit different. So, on this podcast, you're going to hear some talk about music, some talk about movies and films, some talk about news and things going on in with our culture and our community. It's going to be fun, it's going to be thought provoking. Like, I, I don't want to make it sound like it's all just going to be just a bunch of just seriousness on this podcast. It's going to be a little bit of everything. We hope to have fun. That's ultimately what all this is about is to have fun again anyone who know, already knows me before this podcast knows that I love. I just love deeper thinking. I love people who can look at things from a deeper level. And also, I just love talking uh, about certain things. I love talking about music. Music is something that I'm so passionate about. Um, it's ridiculous. Like I I in I, music nowadays, it's going in a different direction, um, not necessarily wrong direction with some people try to try to make it. It's all about to speaking to the audience who who loves that type of music or whatever it is. And you're going to get those conversations here. You're going to get some advice here. Some we have at the tail end of this podcast, it's going to be a a question and answer segment questions that have been submitted to me that we're going to answer. We're going to try to work through. And like I said, ultimately, it's about generating thought. So let's go ahead. Enough of me talking, even though this is a podcast, but enough of me talking generally. We're going to take a, a brief break. With some music to intro the show. And then after we get into that, it's episode one of The Awakened Soul. Thank you. The Awakened Soul, soul. The, the Awakened soul. soul So in starting this podcast, I thought about what is it that, what's the first thing that I want to talk about? Do I want to answer some questions that were submitted by some people that I trust, some some really deep and and thought-provoking questions about relationships? Do I want to talk about music or do I want to talk about a few mute movies that I've seen? And the first thing that I do want to talk about is is a, a couple of films. The first one, which is, is way deeper than just a surface level uh, enjoyment that I got out the movie, and that's Detroit. This film is just so eye-opening, and the cast in this film was just utterly amazing at that on top of that. Um, this movie is about the riots in Detroit in 1967 well it's not really about the riots the riots are really just kind of the setting and in the situation in which the the story that's being told is going on within and that was the the algiers motel incident and and what what it is just to boil it down to not do a whole synopsis of the whole plot is that during the detroit riots um there was an incident going on in motel where some police officers abused their power. Uh it 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 resulted in the death of three black men and the beatings of of a whole bunch of other people. Um I believe that it it was a couple of Caucasian people in it as well, so it wasn't just an attack on just black people, even though that's that's kind of what, what started it. Um but you know, like I said, definitely look up the, the Detroit riots, the Twelfth Street Riots as they're referred to, uh happened in nineteen sixty seven. Um the, the cast here, Jim Boyega, Will Poulter, um Anthony Mackie's in, in the movie, like it the the cast in this movie, it was very well acted. It was directed amazingly, um by Catherine Bigelow, who also directed uh I'm sorry I'm at a loss to to the other movie that she directed that was also just as great um it it was zero dark 30 she so she was also the director of zero dark 30 those two movies alone have really made me a fan of her this movie like I said it's so thought-provoking and relevant um even though this the this these this incident happened in in 1967 which is well over 50 years ago um it's still pointing to like things that's, that's going on now when you look at the the Black Lives Matter movement and the things that happened in Ferguson, Missouri, which I just recently moved away from St. Louis. So I, I was living in St. Louis during that time, and that was definitely a time where, even though I didn't live in Ferguson, it, it affected my family. I have a lot of family that lives in Ferguson. I have friends that live there, and I lived a little bit outside of that. So the, the day-to-day... Uh, craziness of what was going on with those riots I wasn't directly affected by as far as being involved in them or it affecting the way that I hadn't necessarily my day-to-day life or my kids' life but it did affect people who I care about and people that were close to me um, but to, to link that back all to the into the movie you know this story was something that hey I, I wasn't that that fully aware of before uh, watching this movie I know about it a little bit offhand but the fact that these officers killed somebody and then it was almost pawned off on a black man a security officer melvin dismukes because he did carry a gun that was that was similar to to what happened in, in those murders it's just you know it, it brings you to thinking of even though the times change what really changes and Things go up and down. Everything comes back around. Style, fashion, everything, and something like this shouldn't be like it, It's, it's, it, it's something that I'm really passionate about as far as thinking about people who misuse power. And I'm biracial. If if anyone doesn't know, we'll get that out out the books right now. I am a biracial person. Um, even though you wouldn't necessarily know by looking at me, my dad's my dad's white, German and Irish. Um, but it's not even about that. I grew up in Europe. I I came from a biracial marriage. So, you know, looking at, at that alone, you know, the, when I grew up, race was not a big thing to me at all. I remember it almost like it was yesterday. I was in third or fourth grade and my dad came to pick me up and I had never, never, before that moment ever even thought about race or the fact that my dad was white or the fact that it was even something that wasn't common so my dad came to pick me up from school and he comes to the classroom and the teacher's like oh cj your dad's here and so a young ceo hayes i'm just like oh my dad's here let's go i'm ready to go the kid who sat next to me, his name was Justin, I will never forget it, stopped while I was getting my backpack and said, wait a second, your dad's white? And I'm like, yeah, I, I guess he is. Got my stuff, went to sc- went left school, came back to school the next morning, and before class started, that was literally, all the kids had to ask me about, well, your dad's white, what does that mean? Is your mom black? We thought you were black. I'm like, well, I I mean, I am black, uh, I am half white too, I mean, I'm, I I I, I it blew my mind because before that time, like I said, I had never thought about it. Like it just was not something that crossed my mind. And I get asked questions all the time. Like, was it difficult growing up as a result of a, of a mixed relationship? And I'm like, no, not honestly, not at all. Besides getting a few questions about it. I can't say that I ever felt like I was treated differently or it was a big deal. And you know, I, I look back into why, why was that? And it was because you know, my parents raised me at a very early age I learned to realize that hey, you be comfortable in who you are. As long as you do that, everything else is going to be okay. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about you. My mom has a famous phrase that I say all the time. It's when you when you realize that whatever someone else thinks or feels about you really isn't any of your business, you'll stop worrying about what people think. And she said that over the course of my Whole whole life Like it just It was amazing the fact that uh, She installed That in me very early on and It's something that I carry with me to this day I do not care what people think about me I'm 100% completely comfortable in who I am And that's something I put in my kids It's something like I said my mother put in me And I look back At how many people don't really Are not able to have that type of mindset And you know you, you you see a lot of people who are, are really, really affected by things that other people say or they feel about them. And, you know, not to toot my own horn, I've just never, never really been one of those people. And, you know, that's something that I think that we all need to make and be and realize and try to put out there more is be 100 percent comfortable in you. Once you do that, it doesn't matter but you know i'm sorry i got on a whole tangent there you know prepare for this podcast because you're going to learn a lot about me as a person and you know let me know what you think about it also you know uh send me any emails to the awakened soul podcast at gmail.com um, and also or if you're on twitter use the hashtag awakened soul that'll also get to me too but to get back to this movie um detroit it's it's just it's important to get stories like this out. It's important to, to it helps awareness of our young people, uh, old people, whoever that don't either remember, have kind of forgotten like these these things that have gone on in society, um, it's just it, it keeps happening. It keeps keeps happening and makes you think, well, fifty years from now, will we be getting a movie about the Ferguson riots? And then how will those that generation react to the same thing i think it's important to get stuff like this out and you know kudos off to Catherine bigelow to to tell this story and to direct it in such a good way and to the the production company also that 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 put out a movie like this it's like i said it's it's real poignant to what's going on in society today and this movie was just it was it was mind-blowing it's not the best movie in the world i there's of course better movies and there's there's people who of course will find their issue with this movie but i'm more focused on the story that this movie told and it told one hell of a story and like i said i i i think this is something that everyone should go see everyone should experience this we should be supporting this and like I said, it's, it's just a story and it's sad. Like when you see the things that are happening and it makes you wonder how much is really changing about our society. Um, and, you know, man, it's, it's, it's just crazy. And I love seeing stuff like this. Um, but, you know. Also, as another side thing, we so we that that's that's me talking about the movie Detroit. Let me know what you think about it. Let me know if you enjoyed it. What did you enjoy about it? And also this cast, um, like I said, the cast was amazing. But specifically, John Boyega, you know, you'll see him in in the Star Wars movies. Um, this guy, he was in the Circle too, which the Circle was an okay movie, but he he acted very well in that. I I seriously think that this guy. is is the star that we need to all be watching out for over the next few years he's going to get big and i think that you know he he keeps killing it with roles like this he's going to get the mainstream appeal from being in the in those star wars films it's it's important to support and notice young talent like that because 10 years from now we could be looking at john boyega as one of the better actors in hollywood and hats off hats off to this performance hats off to everyone involved in the creation of this film um and so you know that was a serious note and i did get off into some pretty serious and deep topics there like i said let me know what you think about it hashtag the awakened soul um let me know about that let me know what you feel reach out to me um ceo hayes on all social media if you want to that's twitter snapchat Instagram, on social media, it's CEO Hayes, that's CEO H A I Z E. Speaking about the movie Detroit, this brings me to our Stay Woke segment of this podcast. No, stay, woke. Stay,
2: woke. stay Woke. Stay Woke. Stay Woke.
1: Stay Woke.
0: Stay Woke.
1: You know, thinking about a movie that's set in Detroit naturally brought my mind to Flint, Michigan. And the water crisis going on in Flint, Michigan, one that they're working towards is now getting into a a better place than what it has been almost since it started. But it's still not good. They're not expected to have the water completely safe into 2020, which we'll we'll get into. Um, But, you know, the Flint, Michigan water crisis. Let's just go over the facts here. And, And it's called the Stay Woke segment for a reason and it's just to generate thought and conversation and to keep something in focus that's going on um in 2011 losses to the manufacturing uh industry in influent michigan caused unemployment and uh the employment rate actually changed from went from 8% to 23% from 2000 to 2010. 2011 is when a decision was made for the state of Michigan to take over financial control of Flint, Michigan. Shortly after that, Darnell Early was appointed as the emergency financial manager by the governor and and, in a role that was widely um, said that the whole purpose of, of that position was to cut the budget of flint michigan at any cost in 2014 flint michigan changed their water supply from lake heron to the flint river at the time of making that change they knew that the water would have to be treated to be considered drinkable just a few months after this change residents in flint michigan started reporting that their water was tasting funny some said that the water was turning brown and that it smelled weird is the best way to describe it um Basically over the course of the next few years uh, We had government officials that were seen drinking the water They went on news drinking the water Which was almost proven to be fake at that time um, And and there's been so many reports that come out that You know, the government ski- skipped mandatory testing They fake testing results to the water in Flint, Michigan And again, this all started in, I believe, May of 2011 It's August of 2017, and while the water is now considered at acceptable levels, residents of Flint, Michigan, are still being instructed to use bottled water or filtered water. And let's get into the details of why this exactly happened. So, in in the move of moving uh, the 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 water supply from Lake Huron to the Flint River, um, there was a series of pipes that were lead based and because the water was not treated to go through those pipes before it went into everyone's home it, it caused erosion in those lead pipes who then put lead in the water of flint michigan um like i said it's been several things to come out um at at one point the the the, the state of michigan sued the city of flint michigan the, the, the just keep a focus on what's going on here and this is what i mean by keeping a focus and and doing a little research and knowing what's going on and just seeing the little things that are behind what the news necessarily puts out. And, you know, I'm not a conspiracy theorist by any means. I don't get probably as involved as I should or, or dig as deep as I should on some of the things that's reported on the news. But I I do pay attention and I do, you know, put things together and I, and I do like to know what's going on in our society and, and track things like this, like the the, what happened in the in the city of Flint, Michigan, is ridiculous. It it makes no sense that so many balls were dropped over the course of of the switch, and it was all to keep a, a mind on the bottom dollar and not really think about how that can affect families. Like we've had children and kids and family. I said children and kids, which are one and the same. But you get my point. Is that this affected people it affected families and there's people who are still being affected by this and the fact that now it's still not expected to be till 2020 to where everything is finished just should let you know on how quick they switched it over to save money and i and i get to a point that you need to cut money you need to keep a city financially stable but at the same time you can't do that at the behest of keeping your citizens safe and healthy and so you know i'm not going to get all the way there's so much more here we can have a whole podcast and just talking about everything that's come out about um this this flint michigan water crisis and just like i said how many balls are dropped by our government and congress and everything else to go along these lines um let's just hope that you know, they they get that done, you know, in July, just this past July, the Flint fast start initiative initiative was announced um, and hopefully that's found to be successful. Hopefully it's found to replace and get clean water and more homes gradually faster than that 2020 uh, completion date. Let's just hope, you know, um, for anyone who's listened to this, who may be in Flint, Michigan, know someone who's in that area who moved from that area. Um, I really want to send out my condolences, you know, not not I don't want to make it sound too dour, but but no one should have to go through that. Like You know, water is one of those things that we all kind of take for granted. The fact that we all have clean water running through our house. Um, so let's keep in mind, let's keep those people uh, in our mind. Like I said, let's be mindful of what's going on there. And like I said, this is as we get more into this podcast, I didn't want to jump right into it and, and into too much stuff to to point out things that we've been lied to, not necessarily just by our government, but things that society have been found to be blind to um with this first stay woke segment but you know this is just one that naturally my mind went to after seeing the movie detroit um so we're gonna take a brief break and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk and get into a little bit more fun segments of this podcast
2: how long has it been i don't know two years maybe you're getting some this weekend straight up you're gonna get at least two dicks this weekend for crying out loud dina we only gonna be there for three days well three dicks then you know what i need you to use your lady mouth i need you to use your lady
1: mouth that was the trailer for girls trip um in that movie i I actually just saw that movie today the day that i'm recording this which is sunday august 6th and let me tell you this movie was one of the funnier movies that i've seen so far this year um the all-female main cast which included queen latifah regina hall uh, Tiffany Yaddish and Jada Pickett Smith and this movie was like I said it was one of the funnier movies that I've seen this year um I love the fact that overall the mo- movie had a very positive message it wasn't just all about the comedy or just about people doing stupid things even though there was plenty of crazy craziness that happened in this movie mainly from T- Tiffany Yaddish's character who keep a lookout for her she's she's I'm not saying she's the best actress in the world But she could very well fill these Comedy characters um, For the rest of her career and also You know a lot of times when people do comedy Later down the road we find out that they Have more of a serious Actor or actress In this case uh, ability And and you know just so just keep An eye, eye, eye out for her like I said about uh, Boyega in, in The Detroit movie But this movie Let me just tell you there is a part in this movie where there's a bum who comes to their hotel room looking for a prostitute and it one of the more laugh out loud moments that I've had in in a considerable amount of time the music in this movie as you can probably tell about this podcast music is a big part of this podcast um music is a big part of my life and they had some some really good throwback stuff that that reminded me just of of when I was younger hearing this type of music. But uh Lorenz Tate was in this movie. Michael Mike Coulter, who was Luke Cage, who's a a great actor as well, was was in this movie. This movie had almost everything that you look for from a comedy. It had serious moments. It had, like I said, that overall story which is about friendship and finding yourself and uh standing up for yourself. And I think that's a very positive uh, message to send, especially to to women who this this movie. I'm not saying it's marketed towards, but it's going to be a lot of women that go see this movie on the girls' nights or going out with with their friends. I, I suggest to everybody see this movie. Like I said, I'm not going to go into a whole synopsis and breakdown, and it wasn't a movie on the on the depth of really getting down and 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 breaking it down like we will do with some of these movies in the future. But I definitely wanted to just... It stuck with me, the fact that I saw this movie, and that it was, like I said, one of the better comedies I've seen in a while. And I definitely wanted to talk about it and just mention it. Uh, Regina Hall is a great actress. Jada Pickett, who really doesn't do many films nowadays, still has it. You'll find a lot of comedy from her in this movie. And just what can I say about Queen Latifah? She's been doing this for god knows how long she's been consistent pretty much in everything that she does um so go see this movie i guarantee you'll like it i guarantee you have something that you laugh laugh about in this movie you haven't seen it already it's been out it's been out for a while now um uh, a couple of weeks, so maybe most of my audience, most of the people who are listening to this will see this movie, but I want to know, what did you guys think about the movie, again, email me, use the hashtag Soul on Twitter or Instagram, wherever you're, you're posting things at, post a video telling me how you feel about it, I'll pull that audio and play it on the podcast next week, but I wanted to talk about this movie, because I think especially in black film, you don't see many Uh, movies that are led by women especially comedies too at that they're they're a dime a dozen especially of this quality so definitely go check that movie out we're getting ready to get into uh the cypher which is our music conversation uh i have a guest on fame black you'll 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 hear him you'll definitely enjoy it but when we come back from this break we'll be talking i'll let you guys find out what we're going to be talking about stay tuned love being on some chill shit. We go zero to a
0: hundred nigga real quick. Maybe on that rap to pay the bill shit. And now I don't that shit. Not even a little bit. Oh Lord. The whole
2: industry been in shambles. Everybody Fugazi. I'm just changing the channel. Kendrick Lamar, the people champion. I'm animal for analysts. Career damaging versus meditating when candles lit. I like my raps extra prolific some freestyling no lunch tables and pop benches. Ladies and gentlemen uh, this is
1: the cipher segment of the awakened soul podcast and we have honestly one of my closest friends as far as as far as po- the podcasting world um Mr Flame but oh Jesus Fame black the Snapchat mm-hmm. extraordinaire the nature boy is in the building for anyone who doesn't know fame black by the end of this, you will get to know, get to learn a lot about him, but I'm sure he's going to plug his other things. Fame, how does it feel to step into the cypher for the first time?
0: Uh um, I mean, I'm I'm the first person to step into the cypher, right?
1: The very first person.
0: OK, so it's going to need some redecorating. Um, we're going to put an Andre 3000 poster over there on that wall. But other than that, it feels great to be here. It feels like <laughs> somebody just moved into a new apartment and you bring over the housewarming gift. And it looked like shit, but it's like, hey, we about to build this shit up. This is about to be the room to party in. So.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that, that I see should be all, the goal. I see
0: all the potential.
1: <laughs> so we're here and, I, you know, I, this is the first podcast, this is the first episode. So I wanted to pick something. Maybe we aim too high. Uh, I, I don't know for this, for this culture. I think that this is a conversation that a lot of people have had and continue to have just because their careers parallel each other so much, but we're taking the, taking this from talking about Drake's career versus Kendrick's career. And we have a couple of key topics here that we're going to talk about. The first being who, who do you enjoy more out of Kendrick Lamar and Drake, or Do you enjoy them both equally? And, Let's just start. Let's just take that. That that leaves a lot to talk about right there. Let's let's talk about that first. Drake Kendrick. All right. Who's your pick?
0: Um. Oh, first of all, it's 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 Drake. It's Drake all day. Like Drake makes music for all my moods, and I feel like, and I know I'm the minority on this. I feel like I have to be in the mood to listen to Kendrick Lamar. Like if a cop looks at me the wrong way, now I'ma throw on some Kendrick Lamar. (laughs) If uh. You know, if I'm watching uh, Mississippi Burning for some reason, it's on Netflix. Then I'm going to listen to some Kendrick Lamar. Like I, but Drake it's I'm smoking. I'm listening to Drake. I'm hanging with a girl. I can listen to Drake. I'm riding by myself. I feel a little gangster. I can listen to Drake. Like it's just, I think he makes more diverse music.
1: Okay, I can I can understand that, and then, you know I think a lot of people feel that. When you say you're in the minority. I don't I don't necessarily know if you're in the minority as far as whose Hugh's music hits more areas because Drake he 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 makes music for the commercial for the for the radio and so you get, do get more of a um a widespread type of music from Drake. I think absolutely. Um, what's your favorite Drake song?
0: Ah, that's difficult. Um, I would. I like. Uh, uh, damn that's so hard.
1: You just hit me with the
0: fucking blind. <laughs> All right, I, I'm. I'll, I'll go with uh what, what like sold me on it. Um, I like a night off and it's it's actually on his so far going mixtape and um it's got Lloyd on it and it's just like this cool he's like, you know, it's 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 about if you never heard it, it's about this girl like obviously right, this is a Drake song. Uh he he's just talking to this girl like, Hey, listen, I know I'm busy, I know I'm in the studio all crazy. I know I'm working hard on being famous, but tonight I took off just to be with you. And the way that the sound is so melodic, it's so good and then he raps at the end and, you know, some people don't want to give it to him, but Drake is a nice rapper. Whether he wrote it or someone else did, he delivers it very
1: nicely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And um, now, I don't think you can argue, like, Drake's flow at all because it, it's dope. Like, I, a lot of people now in the game copy that. You know, he kind of took it from Big Sean and, and mixed it up a little bit. But, yeah, his flow is, is ridiculous. I, I don't think anybody can really argue that that point. Um, Now, as far as me personally... You already know this before the the podcast yeah. audience. Kendrick Lamar is like he's he's creeping into one of my favorite MCs of all time. But <laughs> I I look at I look at rap differently, and I know that I look at it from a different angle because for me, when I look at rap, I look at at MCing like old school. The feel of the music, um, what what emotion I get from your music, and while Drake's music is good, I I don't have that emotional impact like I do from a Kendrick Lamar, um, uh. CD like. I listening to him specifically to Pimp a Butterfly like that's a good album. That album like when you listen to that it's 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 just crazy. You'll go through almost every emotion on the spectrum and then off damn the Duckworth that that track I don't know if you you've like listened to <laughs> yeah, that story I, yeah, that he yeah, told. Yes, yes. Amazing, amazing, but so for, so for me it's Drake. Um but I I mean I'm sorry, for me it's Kendrick, but I I understand, you know, I know I'm. I look at music a little differently than anybody. So, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm well a little also, weird there.
0: Well, no, no. I think I think actually more people look at it like you in a sense of um, like when you got hip hop heads, like people that like. Dip themselves in hip hop and kind of pure. They call it like like hip hop purists they like kind of just kind of group together. And I'm not saying that you're one because you're a bit more open minded, but you got some people just close off and they won't accept Drake because he has made songs that are specifically for the radio. And they're like, oh, he's not real real rapper, and they will they'll shut him out of the conversation. But as for me, Drake, especially early Drake, Drake rapped about oh yeah. being being in love with all these girls and trying to be famous at the same time, and that is me to a T. Like I under like when he said things like uh when he talked about like I just wanted to be famous and I was waiting on you like I get it like I'm like yeah because I had girls like that was like I'm gonna stand by you while you do this and then you know they couldn't and you know I'm still on the route to be famous so I understand it yeah. so it hits me harder I think.
1: Absolutely. And I mean, that's what that's the beautiful thing about music in general, no matter what the type of music or yeah. anything, it's it's you can get something personal out of it that nobody else can quite get out of listening to that same album, the same CD, the same song. So, you know, that that's important in music in general. Um, <laughs> so
0: as, as far as
1: as far as pure rapping, just going in there, delivering a hot 16, who are who you picking there? <laughs>
0: <laughs> um just a hot sixteen, I don't know like yeah, a hot sixteen, I'll give it to I'll give it to Kendrick. Kendrick can rap. That is his thing. He can rap. He can flow. He got voices. He's got personality. His cadence is is really unprecedented. So yeah, hot sixteen. I'm gonna give it to Kendrick. Like I got I wouldn't I don't count on Drake for a hot sixteen. I count on Drake for a hot song.
1: And I mean that's the perfect way to describe the difference between them two Th- these two is that Drake is all about the song complete song Kendrick while he can put together songs masterfully it's it's all in the in the lyrics and what he's saying with him so I, I agree with you there. who do you think what hey what do you think's been Kendrick's best overall album? He only has three well four if you count right. four if you count section eight, which I'm not sure a lot of people really how well. Widespread that is, but who do you think has delivered the best just single album?
0: Alright. I mean, if we're gonna just go the best single album, then it's, it's so, it's so far gone. And it's, it's a drink. Cause that's, that's just, but that's just one of my top five favorite albums. Like that is, so of course if I had to make the, the discrepancy. But I will say out of Kendrick's three, um, they're, they're all solid. Uh, I think I'll go with, um, Good City Mad Kid, like that's probably my favorite. Uh, just, it, like, it's, it's one of those things where I can call back, it's like, yeah, Damn is good, yeah, it's a Bent Butterfly, that's an excellent album. But the way that I was feeling when I first picked up Good City Mad Kid, and the way I felt after, that can't be matched, that can't be redone. And I, uh, you know, Poetic Justice, that, that was a good one. Oh, and I mean, man. not just cause I had Drake, I mean, not just cause I had Drake on it, I, I could have listened to it without Drake. That's just a good song. Like I vibe to that
1: song. Poetic justice and um, don't kill my vibe are two of not only my favorite. Don't
0: kill my vibe too.
1: Yeah, yeah. Those are two of my favorite songs ever. Like (laughs) when I listen to "Bitch, Don't Kill My Vibe," like seriously, it will take me from being in a bad mood to a good mood. That's how much I relate to that. Um, that song. Like that. That song is just amazing to me. Uh, and the Pimple Butterfly, like I said earlier, I just think that that that's, that's in my top 10 albums of all time. Absolutely. And I don't, I don't think Drake has one that places on my top 10 of all time, but for some reason, like the overall body of his work, um, and what. What he's able to, cause Drake is always on the radio. I don't, I don't think, I, has there, has there ever been a period in time in which a single, which Drake is, it's either his sig- single, he has a verse or a chorus on has not been on the radio since he debuted. I don't think like it, it's always some type of Drake music on the radio. And for that, that staying power alone, I think really is telling of what he's able, been able to do in the music business. Cause that it's not that many people yeah. can say that But Well, Drake is, Drake
0: is a good hand. Drake is a good worker. Um, there was a hiatus after Thank Me Later came out. Um, after all the singles kind of played, I think Find Your Love was the last single. He kind of let it. He kind of let his vibe die out before he came back and slammed everybody with Yolo. Um, that song with Rihanna, Take Care, uh, Headlines, like it all. It, that, those all came out within the same month or the same like six weeks. Absolutely. And- uh, he had, he had taken some time off. <laughs> you gotta be a real Drake fan to know that stuff. So.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, we got, we got two more things to, to, to get to until we finish this that I want to get your, your thought on in this conversation. And, yeah, uh, you uh, gotta, you <laughs>
0: gotta you got, have you got all the thoughts. I love this
1: conversation.
0: <laughs> I, I, I don't get to, I don't feel like, like, I don't feel like Drake gets defended in the right way to, people who are locked into that he's he had a ghostwriting team he um you know been in some situations where he's not the most gangster person whoever he never told you that he was gangster and and, i mean you can't hate on uh, for me you can't hate on somebody for having a job like if i worked at the grassy i'd be be like oh he just uses connections i'd be trying to use them same connections so i don't understand what the problem is everybody and then
1: like you're stupid. Right, for, exactly. you, you'd be and stupid then, for not trying to use your connections.
0: Right. You know what I'm saying. So it, it, it. Is, I just feel like he's not defended enough in a way. Like people don't look at him objectively enough. And despite that, he's still a success. And despite that, still bested a battle rapper who, who's all right. He he bested him.
1: Who who are you talking? Which rapper are you talking about?
0: I'm talking about I'm talking about Meek Mill right now.
1: Oh Jesus! Like. Uh, d- Meek Mills is don't and don't get me wrong, the dude is a talented artist in his own right. But he took so many L's. Like his the last two years of his life has just been the biggest L that I think have has anyone has ever consecutively taken in their life.
0: Well, well, let me ask you: Did you have you listened to Wins and Losses?
1: I have, and it's a great CD.
0: Right, I I feel like he he took that all in.
1: Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he had, um, I can't remember which radio station he was on, but he, he's been really reflective of, of the things that he's been going through. And I think that we're seeing a, we're coming off these L's that he's taken, we're seeing a more matured Meek Mill. And I think mm-hmm. that we're going to get a definitely. better art, better artist out of it over the next couple of years.
0: Definitely. Definitely. I, I, I would hope so. I would not just because he's from Philadelphia like me, but just because that's how it should be like yeah you can make mistakes he was young and rowdy he he spoke out of line against somebody he thought he could take down he thought he thought he had the kryptonite he don't write his own rap and he thought people would care but it's, it was 2015 and nobody gave a
1: fuck exactly it, it, know your error that's this you got to know the error that you're in um before right. we get before if, now,
0: we, if he had ahead. dropped that in the 90s there would be no drink
1: exactly. <laughs> if it
0: was 1996 and Meek Mill was like, yeah, Drake don't write his raps and they got proven? Oh, his career would have been over. But, yeah, Know Your yeah, Era, because that, that did nothing. It didn't <laughs> damage not one record sale.
1: Not even fact, a little bit.
0: the numbers went up.
1: <laughs> yeah, he just... Back he, to back he torpedoed his own success at that point in time, but, uh, you know, I think he's going to come back up. I don't think he's going to... In the long run, I think Meek Mill is going to be okay, because he actually learned from his mistakes, unlike a lot of people. But, mistakes to, to segue from that yeah drake's drake's tattoo of little wayne's face on his shoulder your thoughts on that what, what was fame's black initial reaction to, to seeing that
0: uh all right so you know He is the stepping stone. Like, it is, it is what it is. Like that, there would have been no Drake without Lil Wayne. Like if Lil Wayne didn't come out and endorse this man when Lil Wayne was the hottest rapper in the world, Drake's career, who knows? That guy from Degrassi, who knows? But he had the best rapper in the world. At the time. Uh, vouching for him. And that, that's powerful. And Drake is, we are talking about his, his body of work, his success, his achievements, his accomplishments. Uh, Grammys, uh, awards, magazine covers, owls everywhere, you know. He owes that to, I mean, I, not all of it, but the step, the start is to Lil Wayne. So, I mean, if he feels like this is the perfect way to say thank you, and per, Lil Wayne is a tattoo head, as we know, uh, you got it. I, I, I wouldn't have done it, but you got it. If that's how you say thank you. If that's how, if I would have just paid him, I gave him some money. <laughs> by, by, or something but yeah i mean i i I can understand that kind of gratitude
1: yeah i mean absolutely i i guess i can understand i can understand the thought behind what he did but the, to get another man's face tag like i was raised
0: well i to, just i like let's just start running back i don't think anybody should be getting faces of anybody on anybody unless it's I your just, kid I, I, I even so, I just feel like it's weird to have somebody's face, like a real person's face, like a sketch artist version of it, in your. Yeah, I just weird to me. I don't like pictures. I don't like uh tattoos of people's faces.
1: Yeah, uh, it, it, when any I, of when I first saw it, I I thought like, no, nah, there's no way he got that. I'm like somebody somebody superimposed that on this picture. I I don't believe it. But no, it, well it he was, also
0: has he also has a Leo, right?
1: Yeah, he does. He, which you know when someone's Deceased, I guess I can understand a little bit more. And of the opposite sex, but to get a, a full grown he, man's face tattoo. He around? didn't
0: even know Aaliyah, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs>
0: they didn't even come out in the same era. Two thousand one, Drake wasn't even on Degrassi yet. <laughs> Just like <laughs> What? All right, well I guess.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Man. All right. Let's get I I had weird, it I had to He's weird with tattoos. He's weird with
0: tattoos. That's what it is.
1: Yeah, that that's what it is To so Every and I'm I'm you know me. I'm a tattoo head. Like I got tattoos all over the place. It, when I'm dressed to work, no one would know. But anytime someone see me outside of work, they're like, "God damn!" Uh, but yeah, I have a lot of tattoos. But I don't have any deceased rappers, and no friends, no faces. But you know, that's just <laughs> that's me. I got my kids' names. Right. That, that's takes up the bulk of my tattoos. Is my kids' names um, and my but mom's their name. But not no no faces. I, you know what? I've never even thought about getting my kids' face <laughs> tattooed on me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, moving on Um. okay so Yeah. as far as who's had more impact who do you think has changed if, if either because th- this is, is one of those questions you don't think either one has who do you think's changed the music industry or at least the rap game the more between Kendrick Lamar and Drake
0: okay so all up until the Meek Mill beef I would just say Neither one of them has changed the game, not 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 for real. Uh, uh If you look at it in a general fashion, um, Drake may have been cool enough to introduce like a like, hey, I can rap, but I'll do song songs too, and I won't rap at all. But he's not the first person to do that. And Kendra Gamar can rap his ass off, and he has good lyrics, and he has like a message in his lyrics, and he's empowering black people. But he's also not the first rapper to do that. So. The only the only place I see changing the game, changing a whole course of how things are done, is the Meek Mill Drake beef because Drake did something that was not normal. One, he made the calmest ass diss song and charged up, and that went oh, people really liked it. And then he dropped back to back, which is it's a, it's a diss record, yeah, but it is jam like you can jam to that. Like, that is a song. And so, and then he made another one in Summer 16, which is also, like, even if you don't even know what the lyrics are about, if you know nothing about the it's just a good jam. And I feel like he was the first one to say, you know what, not only am I going to diss you, but I'm going to make a, a hell of a hell of money off of it. And I'm not even going to put it on sing- platinum singles. I'm dissing you. And I think that's the only, like, now if there's beef in the rap game. There's no more of this like hardcore grinding. No, I mean you have to jam now. To, it's 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 insult on injury. Well, actually, it's insult on insult. But I'm insulting you, and I made a million dollars.
1: Yeah, I mean, and that's, the, that's new, the perfect fit in the face. Yeah, and that that's what it's about now. It's not necessarily just about who delivers the hottest lyrics. I mean, there's a a section of the of the rap community, the hip hop heads, that look for that. But now it's about Hey, can I diss you and can I have a number one track on Billboard, iTunes, Google Play? If I, which, if I can do all three of those things, then I won. That, that's, which,
0: which, which if you ask me, is more talented. Like, yeah, I, you, I could like, like, put it like this. I could be cussing you out right now. I could say, like, hey, you stupid motherfucker, dumbass dick. Like, I can just be cussing, but I'm not really saying nothing. But if I started coming up with, like, artistic ways to do it and people go, man, that was really well spoken. And he dissed the shit out of them that's much more, that takes much more talent that's much more respectable that's much more commendable to me
1: absolutely and I think that as far as this question would saying who changed the game the more, the more I would have to say as much as I'm a I, I'm a bigger fan of Kendrick Lamar I would have to say Drake and yes. here and here's why is because Drake well Little Wayne first but Drake kind of perfected it a little bit and that's the crossover appeal that's being able to hit all areas and having everyone love you at the same time and now you have yeah. people who you know the Migos the future I don't think these people would be around or at least not as mainstream as they are if it wasn't for Drake be- making it comfortable for people to sing rap mix it up do whatever the hell they wanted to on the song and he completely changed the game like gangster Rap was on on the come up like 50 Cent uh, he was on the way down oh, yeah. kinda when when Drake when Drake was coming up but that th- there's certain times where you can look at who changed the game at what time and who was the biggest one? 50 was one of them. Jay was one of them. Biggie was one of them. And Drake for this generation really is when you look at Kendrick Lamar, as great as he is as a rapper and as, as much as high up as he is on my top 10 a, as he is, he's really more of a throwback. He he stands out right now because he's doing things different from the game, but he's doing things. I, I always compare Kendrick Lamar and a lot of people don't understand this is that Kendrick Lamar is the rock him of this era. When you go back and look to oh, okay. what Rockem, oh,
0: okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's you dope, at... okay. Yeah. yeah,
1: when you look at what Rockem him... when you look at what Rockem did in his like rap was about dance and party and who can get the party jumping when Rockem came up. And he came uh, and made it about messages and lyrics. Uh,
0: don't stop right. Yeah, they it's... were all party animals then and yeah, you yeah. man that's that is a really good metaphor. How can no one not get that?
1: I've, every time i've made well no, i mean i say every time but most times when i make this people are like what do you mean and i've had to point out to people like go back and listen go back and look yeah, at i feel
0: like people are people don't understand what the impact of rakim was
1: exactly oh rakim was he completely like people don't realize like he was the stone that was thrown in the stream at that time like the game changed around him but he was like that impact he's he really came in and just was like, "Damn." And and yeah. a lot i have had to tell people like go back and look at what was on the chart before Rock and then come yeah. back and tell me and, and compare it to what's on the chart with with Kendrick now and compare it to to just how that feels, and then people have come back to me like, you know what you kind of made sense there, and that's what it is, Kendrick Lamar's this day and age is Rakim.
0: yeah, yeah, and he he does like yeah when i that's why I say I have to be in a mood to listen to Kendrick Lamar, I have to be in a mood to throw back I have to be in the mood to. To, I don't know. Like I want to. Like he makes me hype in a way that it's like, all right, yeah. Now I feel like dangerous. And he, you know, Kendrick Lamar makes me proud to feel black, but just cool. But Drake makes me like, you know, wanna have chill and drink and have sex. Like this. these are more feelings that I like to have. As a, like I like to feel like proud that I'm black, but it do not have to be a powerful feeling all the time. Just a exactly. subtle pride. You know. That's it, but yeah, I understand what you're saying. Like yeah, he Kendrick Lamar, he comes in and he makes you feel he makes you feel things because he's very good at crafting and music, but Drake is more like, Yeah, I want to make you feel things, but also I want you to vibe out and listen to this. And think about that girl that you uh that unfroze you in freeze tag in first grade and how you miss her.
1: <laughs> and how you saw her on Facebook now and she then got thick as fuck <laughs> and you're like, you know what, I may need to take my shot. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you might, yeah. These are, these are the things. And I, you know, I and like, not, not for nothing, not to say that he's not as impactful, but I just, I've wit- literally witnessed two people of the opposite sex at different times cry to the same Drake song. Just cause he was hitting that home. I don't know if anybody's cried to a Kendrick Lamar song. I'm just saying I haven't seen it. Not saying it doesn't happen, but I've literally seen, I've seen a, a grown man weep uncontrollably and I've seen a, 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 a white a white-waisted girl which is more acceptable it's way more believable uh cry at the same part of the same song
1: well there that's, you go
0: that's, that's powerful man that's just powerful
1: <laughs> so the last question um yeah. that I have for you is 10 years from now who is mm-hmm. going to still be and I, I kind of I'm thinking in my mind of Jay-Z. He's changed. If you look at Jay-Z from when he first started till now, he's still relevant because he was able to mix it up. Who do you think, if either one of these guys has that staying power toward 10, 15 years down the road, they're still relevant in the music industry?
0: Okay. Um, All right. So first I'm just going to lay my thoughts down on what you just said. I feel like Jay, like I'm not the biggest Jay-Z fan in the world. What? I know. Right. But, I feel like he's been able to stay relevant because he has a sound that people like and he hasn't changed it. Like, I feel like he hasn't changed, like, but his sound has always been good. Uh, He has that, like, his confidence is unmatched and people really are drawn to it. And I feel like he's always had that confidence way back, Reasonable Doubt, which is a fantastic album. And, um, you know, all the way down to uh, 444. See I feel like he has that classic skill. But anyway, to answer your question. Um, Kendrick's ten years down the road, I feel, um, will be in that most deaf Talib Kweli, uh common, like that bundle. Because uh, I I feel like oh nah, just feel like he'll make that album that people are like, ah, uh, I like you but I, I'm not gonna get into this album. And, uh, some, and, and it'll have his diehard cult fans to it, but it ultimately, uh, he'll go less commercial as time goes on and he'll be in that genre. Whereas as Drake, um, you know, he'll drop the hotline bling, uh, when he's 50 and just, it'll, it'll sell just as well.
1: But, okay, here's the thing is that do you think a 50 Drake doing what he's doing now is one thing. But would that, would that lose some of the impact for a 50 year old to be making the same type of music Drake is right now? And well, I, don't, I, got, I haven't, I haven't spent any time thinking about this to, to land on one side or the other, but this is just me asking you.
0: No, 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 it's all good. Um, no, no, no. I, well, this is what I'm saying. Uh, this, think about what I just said about Jay-Z. He's been relevant for so long because he has that sound. Just like people are drawn to. You can tell me tomorrow. That Jay-Z has wrote none of his own lyrics ever. And it was all Memphis Bleak. And Memphis Bleak is about to drop an album tomorrow. I'd be like, eh, I feel like jay though. <laughs> I can see that. And, 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 and people still feel the same thing about, uh, what, about Drake. And I feel like he has that sound that people will just want to listen to continuously. Like, if you go back, if you go, like, you know, Drake sent me out since 2009, so he's running up on 10 years now. Um, you go back and you listen to So Far Gone. That's still a good album. You listen to, uh, Thank Me Later. That's still a good album. That music is a good sound. It doesn't feel like, oh, you can tell this was in 2009. Like some of them, like the ones with Lil Wayne, but that's because Lil Wayne dates himself. Um, but the stuff with just Drake on it, that stuff is really felt like timeless a little bit. Like some of the, some of the classics. Over. That is always going to work. That's always a good song. It just, it doesn't feel like the era that it's from, so I feel like that's why he'll be able to continue is that he'll have that sound that people like, that the mainstream likes. He'll so he'll be able to keep bouncing on it, okay? Just like I Jack.
1: Yeah, I can understand that, hundred percent. Um, yeah, I mean, and then I made the comparison between Kendrick and Rakim, uh, and Rakim, he while well, he's still highly respected, highly highly respected, hasn't had that staying power of a Jay Z. So with that being said, you know, I, it seems like Drake would, I'll just, maybe it's more so I hope Kendrick has more of a staying power than that, because I just enjoy him that much. But you know, that, that's pretty much it on this discussion. What I want to ask you, the very last thing, just so people can get to know more about your taste in music, top five, top five artists of all time, if you can come up with them real quick. Ah, you want me to do just artists? Artists. Or you let's can do, do rappers if you want to do hip-hop. rappers.
0: Let's. Okay. I I, I got to keep it the hip hop because at least okay. I have on deck. <laughs> like I don't know if I can do artists. I mean, Prince would be number one, but then I got it. No, let's do rappers. Let's do keep it hip hop. Um. Okay. So number one rapper, Andre 3000. Mm. Uh, the man. I like to me by far. Uh, to 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 reference what I do on other podcasts. He is the WWE. All right, like nobody is coming even close. Like not a section close to Andre 3000. Not only is his flow amazing, metaphors top notch, wordplay incredible, but then he can also sing and dance and, and and play instruments and make beautiful music and stories. Is like dude phenomenal, phenomenal. Andre uh number two would be Ludacris. Uh, dude is hilarious and has flow. He made that funny rap more relevant and he's still, he's hardcore. His flow is ridiculous as well. <sighs> Number three, Kanye West.
1: Okay.
0: <sighs> people people shit on him, but I'm, my flow infectious you give me ten seconds I have a buzz bigger than insects in Texas and it's funny how I ain't nobody interested to so the night I almost killed myself in Lexus yeah dude is ridiculous i i mean and he's he's so cocky and confident and if you know me you know I'm about it um four Drake uh yeah i already I'm not gonna get into that if you don't know why I like Drake by now you definitely <laughs> number five uh Eminem yeah and then sometimes people below but while he's amazing you know I'm not like I don't have violent thoughts on the inside man like he didn't relate to me like I like Slim Shady more than Eminem if that makes sense to some fans but you know, yeah, I like I like the way he can rap. He can rap his ass off, amazingly. But me and him just never, you know, we're not there. We're not eye to eye. We're not level level. We don't feel the same thing. There was a time where we did, and I really was big on Eminem. But I, I could not, I could. But despite that, I could never deny that man's talent. Number six, bonus Jay Z. I know you asked me for a top five, but I threw it in
1: there. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. So that has been the cipher with our guest, Fame Black. You guys will be hearing from him again. Fame, tell the people where they can find you.
0: Oh, yes, definitely. Well, they can find me on Snapchat because I'm a Snapchat extraordinaire. So I'm telling stories on Snapchat. I got you definitely want to subscribe now. I'm like, I know it sounds crazy, but oh, shit. Car just ran into another car. Uh, Anyway, not going to let that throw off my promo. I have been invited to do some major, major things uh working with snapchat and the national basketball association so uh you definitely want to get on snapchat at fame black and, and uh i'm gonna leave it at that just so you're not distracted by the other things i do snapchat fame black do it
1: well fame thank you for stepping into the cypher we'll be looking to talk to you again
0: oh yeah that'll be fun
1: okay that was the cypher me and fame we went a little long there uh but, you know, it was some good discussion. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, we're about to go ahead and get ready to close the show. But first, um, we were supposed to have a much larger uh, question, listening listener question segment. But uh, because me and Fame ran along with the cypher, I'm actually going to only answer two questions uh, submitted to me from fans. I'm sorry, we don't have fans. We have listeners from listeners. Um, and. And. I promise, cause th- we had a bunch submitted, so I promise that I will get to all those questions in 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 the, the next few episodes. But because we went long today, uh, I- I'm going to only answer two. Um, th- the first question, um, the first question comes from Raquel actually, and. Uh, uh, she's someone who who uh, we've had deep conversations about uh, things to do with relationships. I guess I'm pretty good to talk to because uh, she, she likes talking to me and asking me questions. Um, but this question and uh, this one's about social media and how it pertains uh, to possibly meeting someone dating there. So the question is, do you think that a relationship that begins on social media or a dating site would last? And my answer my answer to that one is is fairly a simple one. Um it, it's all relationships have the possibility of working. It takes a few things to make that work. A dedication. Um you have to be devoted and dedicated to one another. You have to be open and honest. You have to do those things that that are going to put the foundation down for your relationship. So no matter where the relationship starts, how you guys meet, it's Once you decide to be in a relationship, how you follow up with that. So, you know, to kind of flesh that out a little bit more is that if you meet someone through a dating site, through social media, you have to understand that at some point it has to expand past that. It has to get to the meeting page, place, it has to get to the page of going out on dates, being still being courted uh, just because you meet someone on social media. And also, you have to realize how you met that person on social media, what, what means did you go through? Um, and ultimately with any relationship, no matter where you meet someone, you have to really be truthfully open and honest about your guys' expectations. If you guys aren't equally yoked, it's not going to work. Uh, at least not in, in stuff that I've seen now there and people, some people take, equally yoked and thinks that that means that, oh, we have to have the exact same interests We have to always think alike. It's not necessarily that um, it's having the same goals, but also understanding that if there's a place where your significant other wants something that you necessarily do not um, being understanding that maybe that's just their journey. Um, and a good example of that is, let's say, for example, I'm dating someone and that person cares nothing about living room furniture. They can care less whether we have living living room furniture or not. Me, I'm anal about having living room furniture. It all matching the room being tranquil when you walk in it. I know I'm a little weird when it comes to my living room because that's where I spend most of my time is in my living room. Um, But you have to understand that while a living room, and I know I'm re- oversimplifying this, while a living room may not mean as much to you. If that means something to your spouse, give them that space for them to be able to 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 be as anal about that if they can, but be supportive of that. You don't have to always and anyone who can only support someone that for if the, if you can only support someone. Who thinks the exact same that you, or that does things that you think they should be doing, that's not truly support. Supporting someone is being able to have them, give them the space and opportunity, and love and care to support the things that they love, no matter what it must it, it may mean to you. As long as it's not shaking the foundation or disrespecting you and your relationship, give them the space to do that. Um, and to get back, I, I I I got a little off there, but any relationship can work it's all about you guys and how within that relationship what you guys set up and ultimately that that open honesty and having that devotion to each other anything can work with that it doesn't really matter how you that we live in a, in a tech age now you can meet someone any any way of a hundred ways but once you do meet once you do make that decision to say hey we're gonna be together what's next that's what you have to keep your mind on is what's next and what am i willing to do what am i not willing to do and being open with that person so they can tell you the same here what you can do and then you can take a checklist not really a checklist but you um can take a summary of what it is that you guys and how you're going to move forward as a couple and also don't be afraid to stay like everyone likes to rush to putting titles rush to saying hey we're together Spend some time getting to know that person. And that doesn't mean don't go out on dates. That doesn't mean don't go out and kick it. But realize that you have to spend that time to get to know that person. Even if you feel like you may want to be with them, it's never going to hurt putting more time into getting to know that person before you guys decide to make that ultimate move and move together as a unit. Um So that's that's my answer to that question i hope that it was a good one like i said we have more questions submitted that we won't answer um we, we got one more that we're going to answer tonight though um and this one is uh one that i really was looking forward to an- to answering this was submitted by chanel and it goes how women can be more confident with themselves from a male standpoint and i want to make sure that i'm that i'm understanding this question i guess it's uh being more confident with men. And my answer to that one is it, it may be another oversimplified answer. I'm, I'm not a psychologist. I'm just a semi smart dude. Um, is that confidence is you, you can't look for anyone else to boost your confidence. People do. And sometimes people get that from other people and it makes them feel good. But what happens if that person's viewing you changes? To be more confident, it's simple. Be secure in whatever you are. Like it's if you're, for example, if you're overweight, embrace it. I mean, either you're going to do something about it, which is God and try to lose the weight, or you're just going to embrace the fact that, okay, you're overweight. So what? Overweight people can be sexy. It doesn't matter. I mean, you you, anyone who you're going to find or who's going to be attracted to you, or who you're going to ultimately want to date has to accept that if that's what you you can lose the weight later down the road. You can gain it back. But at the end of the day, you have to be confident and secure in who you are, because you ultimately have to live with you and confidence is sexy. So the thing is, how can you be more confident from a male standpoint? Be, be sure yourself know that you are beautiful know that no matter what else you are you're, you're you're someone who deserves that attention carry yourself as such and I guarantee you you get as much back um it's confidence is one of those funny things how can you build confidence just just do the best that you can know that you're doing the best that you can with what you can't with what you with what you with what you have and that's what's going to ultimately make you win. Um, I, I'm i not from from saying from my standpoint, like I talked about at the top of the podcast, is that confidence has never been a problem with me. Just because from an early standpoint, I realized that I don't care what anybody else thinks is about what I think of me. And guess what? Am I the most handsome man in the world? No. Am I the most in shape man in the world? No. But I guarantee you this. You won't find anybody better than me simply because regardless of those other things that I may be shortcoming on, no one matches my drive. No one matches my ability to be funny. Nobody matches my ability to put smiles on people's faces when I choose to. And so you got to know that regardless of any physical characteristics you may be feeling you're lacking, it's about more than just the physical. And for someone who don't, you don't want to be with anyone who can't see that. If someone can't see past whatever you have going on physically, then don't worry about them they're not worth your time and once you get to that you're not even going to be worried about what other people think of you and that confidence is going to exude from your pores but that was the second question and then last question for this episode of the awakening soul podcast i am ceo hayes this has been episode one you guys can't imagine how excited i am about the future of this podcast look for anyone Who listen to this i would love to hear feedback also share subscribe like rate do all that good stuff with this podcast interact with me if you have ideas for future episodes things that i can improve on things that you may want out of this podcast again this podcast is not about me as much as i'm the one who's sitting here presenting these things you may hear my ideas and my takes ultimately this podcast is about talking about things that are going to touch other people Touch other people's soul, which is going to pique your interest. Have you want to engage in conversation? Have you actually think? So the format of this podcast, or rather the content of it, is completely wide open. We can talk about anything on this podcast. It's named "The Awakened Soul" because that's what we want to do. We want to awaken things and people, and 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 awaken your mind. It goes deeper than just "Hey, listen to this." It's it's entertaining. I want to talk about the topics that people want. To hear talked about so that they can engage in conversation with me with other people who are like-minded. The Awakened Soul Podcast is a movement and it will be. And I know you they, they, that may sound a little cocky, and it's not because it's not about me. It's about what this platform is going to be able to do for people. And so with that being said, again, this is episode one of the awakened soul. CEO Hayes is exiting the building. Again. All social media platforms. I'm at CEO Hayes at CEO You can email the podcast at the Awakened Soul Pod at gmail.com. Reach out any way possible. Let me know what you think. Good night.